age, check box. 20 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to 34. Oh, no, not after next week. Birthday girl, 35. 35 to 44. Honey, welcome to my box. Good morning and welcome to our box. Hello, all. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So good to see you. You too. I feel like even though we probably saw you, well, we just saw each other we just did. two days ago. <laughs> Amy drove me to Sam's the Club girl. to pick up a giant <laughs> lily pad lily for pad. my work auction. Thank you very much. You're I don't have welcome. a large enough vehicle. But I still feel like I haven't seen you in mm. like 150 years. That's so. what happens. Hi. It's too short always, right? When we're together well, for those little things. That's a great little segue into what we're talking about it today. Is. So today we're going to talk about Text Me When You Get Home. It's a book by a woman named Kayleen Schaefer who we're pretty sure is like in our age bucket oh, in yeah. our box we're in our box for in our sure box. and she kind of wrote this about well the the title on top is the evolution and triumph of modern female friendship and it's just an examination she does hundreds of interviews about how i think typically modern female friendships like are evolving we were once sort of told that like we're not good at being friends we're just competitive with other women we should see them as our enemies and our competition um but now you know and through it's being reflected more and more so in popular culture but like now female friendships are, are sort of centerfold in our lives and sometimes women are saying no these women are my soulmates more than my husband right and and we're we're giving a new power to like the female connection and I just thought it was a really interesting topic and so yeah so we decided to read it and talk about it one of the things that I didn't know or maybe think about fully before reading the book was sort of the history of the view Mm. of women's friendships and I had you know I feel like growing up in our time all you ever hear about women is uh, we're always together, right? Like, oh, yeah. um, girls play together, boys play next to each other. Oh. Um, and women always have to go to the bathroom together. And you're always gabbing on the phone with your girlfriend. And, you know, <laughs> we travel in packs, yeah, right? Like, so that was how I have sort of innately viewed female friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, we are the friend people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas men, they always say, like, oh, your husband and his best friend could talk on the phone for an hour or go fishing for a day and a half and not even know that it was like his wife's birthday. <laughs> like you know, they don't talk. Right. Yes. And so I just, I viewed us as more the friend gender and them as the yeah. sort of doing gender. I don't know if that's a great way to say it, but in the book, it talks about how like way back in the days of Aristotle and even before mm. that, how, men viewed themselves as more fully evolved than women and so therefore capable of having an unconditional relationship that doesn't need anything or doesn't mm. doesn't like all you want out of it is the benefit of that connection and, and you want to elevate each other whereas the view was that women couldn't do that and you know Eve started it all by tempting <laughs> Adam and opening the world to sin and mm-hmm. how because we are what did it say? Cold and wet. Yeah. Because we menstruate, we're gooey. Yes. Like that we gooey. can't we can't be yeah. these more highly evolved people That's and terrible. share our lives. And so like I'm not agreeing with that in any capacity, but I can see how knowing what we know about past thousands of years ago in our world's history, it's like, 
okay, that kind of does make sense that that could have been the worldview then. I just didn't realize it. Right, right. I really didn't realize it. No, I didn't either. And then also this sort of just acknowledgement that once you're paired off romantically, mm-hmm. that your entire energy should be focused on that, that mm-hmm. you now move to this new stage of it's it's partner, how you know, husband, spouse, and children. And that mm-hmm. is your world that you are to tend to, obviously careers and things, but like not to have that same energy toward your female friendships. And I think I knew to a point that that existed, but I think I always felt like it was more based on the individual woman, right? Like, I agree. Like while we're still, you know, stereotypically, that was the goal was for women to focus on those things. I still felt like tons of women had those relationships whether it was with your neighbor lady or your sorority sister or your your you know your kids friends parents whatever like I still felt like those friendships were there if they wanted them but it's sounding like maybe that's not how it was and I've romanticized it to a degree well like do you think about your mom so like I think about my mom I don't want to speak for her but I do feel like in our younger years and granted as a child you're just completely self-centered and have no idea right of course and your life worldview is very limited (laughs) yeah and I knew she had friends at work I rarely Mm -hmm. saw them I you know um occasionally we would do things with like her work friends and their kids like go to the the nutcracker you know or something like that with their daughters yeah um but we rarely saw them and then it wasn't until maybe middle school she was part-time working um or I was just older and busier and like out of the house more and I saw Mm -hmm. she had budding friendships with like a my sister's best friend's mom and one of my best friend's moms and they kind of they're still you know friends 20 years later and it's um, I sort of realized then that like my mother was this like individual woman who had yes. her own friends, you know, like the you don't just off. exist for me. It's shocking. <laughs> um, you know, but, um, <coughs> hang on. I solely exist to be the snack carter in case you're curious in our, <coughs> in our life, our little household here. <coughs> I, I have no identity. Yeah, I have no. no ability other than mom. I need a snack. <laughs> yeah. Reagan's going to get hard by that one. Oh man. Um, so, <laughs> you okay? Me. Yeah, I'm dying. Um, so, it was interesting because, like, in the book, she talks about her mom or somebody, like, got up at 5 a.m. and went walking yeah. with this woman in the neighborhood. Yeah. She, like, had no idea. Right. <laughs> like, well, because she was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, I think some of our, this generation that, like, gave us life, I think they were very much of the, you get married and then you go and have your... Mm-hmm your family mm-hmm. and just it's not a focus anymore maybe mm-hmm. until they made it one or maybe that's just a stage and of life I wonder too about geography and I know <laughs> so the woman who wrote this book she grew up in Texas and then as a young adult moves to New York to right. embark on her career so that's her I don't know that she ever says where in Texas if she did I missed it but yeah I don't know um but anyway so that's her perspective um from my life, uh, when we lived in a very small uh, rural community when I was very little, so I only lived there until I was four, so my perspective is is somewhat limited, but my, my brother was 11, my sister was nine, eight, somewhere in there. When we moved, and my parents had grown up in the town, I understand from, you know, stories that they were with their friends all the time. Like, there was bowling league, and there was golf, and there was coffee parties, and there was birthday club, and there were church activities, and there were, you know, whatever. It was, like, 
um, there was kind of a constant swirl of things to do and people to be with. And then those grown ups kids played together, you know, a, cause there aren't that many people in town anyway, but B because the adults were friends. And so I think my parents did a lot of that, but then we moved to the Minneapolis area, huge pool of people. Right. And my parents became friends with some of the neighbor families and like people, then I was friends with those kids and such like that. Um, and then we moved again, mm-hmm. still in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. but moved to a different community. And um, then I didn't really see my parents have those friendships. And they certainly may have existed, but yeah. like I didn't witness them sense. as strongly as I had in, in the other environments. And so part of me wonders, is it is it, um, you know, it's such a larger pool of people. Mm. It's hard to make friends when you're a grown-up and you're not. Yes. And you do have kids and you, you have responsibilities that don't allow you to go out for drinks after right. work all the time. Or don't allow you to just, you know, pick up and do whatever you'd like to on a Saturday. Right. Um, and then, too, I think, like in your instance, growing up in, in Virginia, Virginia, D.C., yeah. whoever your mom worked with and were her friends, they could have lived an hour away oh, from you guys. it was. It was Northern right? Virginia sprawl, right? And the, Same. Yeah. Same with Minneapolis, like the, the people my mother worked with lived an hour and a half the other way or, you know, right. f- or further past her or whatever. And so part of it, I think, is it's hard to maintain those friendships when you're so physically spread out. Even if you are together at the office, when you're done, you kind of go to your respective corner and then what are you going to do? Drive an hour again? Yeah. Like, that seems silly. Yeah, it's so true. And I do think, like, my mom didn't have that single phase after college, really. You know, she got married Neither did mine. Quickly. Yep, my Whereas, parents got like, married me, in college. You know, mm-hmm. I've got the great 14-year great advantage of, <laughs> of all my friends. Hey, I'm not far, I'm not that much yeah. less than you, darling. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, so in some ways it's just circumstantial where mm-hmm. I think you fill that void. And, like, they talk, like, Kayleen talks about the book you know when you're when you're away from your family you're forced to find somebody else as a substitute some other group or one individual and then you pour into each other like your family Mm -hmm. um that person becomes your emergency contact she mentioned that you know and oh yeah 100 percent. my sister lives here in town now but didn't for a long time and so my emergency context, if it couldn't be your spouse, were all it was you, yeah. it was Sarah, it was different people. Kids. Yeah, like, <laughs> can you can the school call you if yes. if there's an emergency? And right. God knows why I wouldn't be able to be reached. But all the same, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I I moving so much for me mm-hmm. every two years and every like not only that and then the nature of campaigns where you're just there all the time. Right. You then don't you have like spend a lot of time with mm-hmm. those people outside of work too. It's just a constant bond. So they really are your family. So I felt a lot like this was this was really speaking to me, but more of my friendships weren't maybe as long as like well not long, they still exist. But not we're not I'm not in the same place anymore as most of the women that I considered my Ruthie, right? To her sure. like other than you, because when I'm back, it's like, well, you know, Allison, we've been apart since Wisconsin in 2009 mm-hmm. and like, but we still can pick up the phone and it's like yesterday, right? And mm-hmm. so there's just some women like that, but because we're not in the physical space in the same town together, we don't get drinks after work. We don't necessarily hang out on each other's couches on Saturdays and yeah. go to yoga together and all, right? We just don't. Mm-hmm. Um but I do feel like they are my family. I feel literally yeah. that that is, the, that is truth. And they, this book talks a lot about the designation. And it's like women BFFs, right, were not, or soulmates. It's like not, it doesn't, it's not given the same weight in, in our culture 
as your family, like, mm-hmm. you know, being able to mourn the death of a friend, like that right. woman needed bereavement from work and it's like, they didn't get it. It was mm-hmm. like, what? Well, it's not like she was your sister. It's like, actually, yeah, she was right. maybe more they than They knew each other sister. since they were three, you right. know, attached at the hip for... Right, which I found interesting too. 30 years or whatever. I yeah. found that really interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, yeah, the focus, so... When I read this book, Text Me When You're Home, it's all about women's relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I was really surprised by how much content was devoted to men. Oh, yeah. I felt like there were a lot huh. of examples and rationalizations hmm. or explanations about boyfriends, husbands, yeah. men in general. And I just kind of thought... That that surprised me. I I thought if if we're talking about putting more weight on women's relationships, why are we spending so much time talking about men? Mm. And and I maybe there she maybe the author felt like there was this need to explain, but but it just surprised me. And part of it too, um, it the book talks about um, not necessarily needing to marry your best friend, like how our society, our culture has put this out there and like the Zales commercial talks about it with the three diamond yeah, ring, one yeah. to your best friend, <laughs> yes. one for the love of your life and one for the woman who is both. And <laughs> but anyway, Gross. um, no, those yeah. rings are beautiful, but anyway, um, sorry Zales, you can still sponsor yeah, us if you'd like to, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, that really, it was, it was interesting to me because I felt like that, um, so I feel like I did marry my best friend, mm. and I feel like I needed that. And if if I would have had the relationship, she talks about several friends of hers who have a, a best friend, a soulmate in in a in a female friend, and then this like romantic partner, and how the romantic partner is very knowledgeable that the best friend is, is this woman, priority. right, and like and is okay with that, and, yeah, and how they need both of those people very deeply and very intimately, but in different ways, yes. And I'm not saying I don't get that or respect that. I just think that wouldn't work for me. And yeah. I think it's maybe because I am more introverted. Mm. And I think I would get, like, I don't know if annoyed is the right word, but I don't think I would feel like I could let my guard down and be as comfortable in my own home that I'm sharing with this other person if that other person weren't that yes. really deep friend. And I think, too, because... Like, if you're just looking for your spouse to be your romantic partner, then that's probably based on physical attraction, which changes over time, like, mm-hmm. based on your hormones, based mm-hmm. on what age you are, what your right. body's gone through, oh, yeah. right? Like, we don't all yep. look the same at 22 that we do at 82. Right. Um, and then, too, or, like, what that person does, right? Were you attracted to them because they played guitar in a coffee yeah. shop or because they were the star athlete or because they made a lot of money, like... And again, all of that is very fleeting, and I think not, even if they still do those things, can that carry you through? Mm. I don't think it would carry me through, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't think I could be excited about seeing John every day and slogging through life with three kids and busy jobs every day if I was only attracted to him physically or because of, like, right. some other fact. I need that, like, deep friendship. friendship. Mm-hmm. I, I need that. tell him anything. No, yeah. I, I totally see that. It's funny. I So she talks a lot about, um, like, the early on, the guys gal, right? Which yeah. I, which I yeah. connected to as well. I think for me, I'm the same way. Like, I need 
what I have in Sean as my best friend and confidant. I don't know that it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, best friend in a different way. Sure, um, right. Yeah, yeah in is. a different it way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I have a lot more hurt, honestly, at the hands of women from my mm. youth than sure. I do men. And I think I found a comfort in being a guy's girl and hanging out with all groups of guys. And, you know, she talks about how it makes you feel unique at first and it makes you feel like you're accepted into this boy's world and nobody else is. So you kind of get that chip, that edge, right? Right. And not that you're comparing to other girls, but that's a safe space Mm -hmm. where you don't have to deal with drama or competing or this, you know, and I think I got, I was just hurt in friendships in in elementary and in middle school and in high school. And I just thought it's safer for me to just be over here with these dudes. And I don't have to deal with all this mm-hmm. other girl drama. You're not constantly waiting for the And the who, yeah. what did I do wrong? And mm-hmm. the who's, you know, how I don't measure up or I'm not cool enough today or I don't look cute enough today or whatever, right? Yep. And I didn't need it. And I got to be cool and talk about football and drink beer and like it was fine. And then... I've realized now in my 30s, I have become more and more comfortable and more and more like wanting and desiring to invest and feed my female friendships because I've realized now growing like older, getting over those stages, finding stability in a career I love, also finding a husband, finding a mate, and that pressure is in some ways off, if you Mm -hmm. will. Sure. Um, not to perform, not to seek, not to hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that these women that I, like along the way, it's like, oh wow, and just realizing what they've invested in me and how they've shaped me and how I want to do the same for them, and I just I re, I put more weight in it. But I think I I search for that in a man because I didn't trust I was going to get in women, or mm-hmm. I sort of had a wall up that someday it's going to hurt me. Yeah, I can relate to that in that I don't. I, so I really related to Kayleen too in the book where she talks about her experience in middle school and her experience with her sorority and just different instances where you, you go into, you go into a social situation and you sort of assume, well, I'm like everybody else. This will be fine. Like, and you don't really think about it one way or the other. And then you get there and you realize there's all these little pods of people, pods of girls or women or whatever and for some reason, but you can't put your finger on it, you're not in any of the pods. Yes. So you float from a pod to a different pod to a different pod. And sometimes you're outright rejected. And sometimes you're just, you know, just not included, right? Like it's yes. not it's not anything mean that they've said. But that's definitely, I think, how I felt growing up. And I certainly had friendships, don't get me wrong. And one of my dearest, dearest, closest friends is, is, is the girl I met in seventh grade home at mm. class. Right. So, um, you know, love that to bits, but, um, still it just always felt like on paper, and this may be a better way to say it on paper. I think I looked like I had all the friends in the world, right? Like I, I went to a prom with a group. I was on the dance team, which was a cool thing to mm-hmm. do. I was captain my senior year and, you know, I always had invitations to birthday parties and sleepovers. Yep. Um, and in college, I was in a sorority. My senior year, I was president. Nice. I lived with a different group of girls in the summertime. Like, I did all these things that I think you would assume. She's got a million yeah. friends. I didn't. Right. I didn't. I was never the person that people called first. I was never the person that got, um, you know, that, like, in college, as maybe a, a more recent example, like, 
yeah, I was in the responsibility roles in mm-hmm. that group of women, but I was not the one who was a part of the group dress up for the Halloween party, or I was not the one that, you know, slogged over to the fraternity with them to do something silly. I was not the one that yep. was included in the gossip on the couch watching The Bachelor. Like, that was just never me and nobody was ever mean to me I I had a great experience I'm grateful for it it was a wonderful time but they weren't friendships Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean they were people you were living around and I will say save for one woman who I'm still friends with and I love her to bits like she was my roommate and we were very very close and we did do everything together but like there's still 75 other women and (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you know what I mean and so it's it's just it's one of those things where then I think I carried that into all of my relationships, like at work or, you know, in your adult single life. Cause I too was single for very many years of my young adulthood. And I, I just sort of carried this like assumption that I'm nice and you're going to think I'm nice and I'm going to think mm-hmm. you're nice, but I'm not going to be your person. Mm-hmm. And then I remember kind of finding that click that they talk about in the book for the first time as an adult. And it was really intoxicating Mm -hmm. it was really like whoa this is (laughs) amazing and and so now I I feel like I have some of those deeper friendships obviously you included but it's 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 a different way to get there no I had the same exact experience and it's uh I'm not an initiator I have a hard time with that I was the same way so I was voted friendliest in my superlative senior year and I was voted nothing like You know, but I was friendly to everyone, yes. and you know, but I wasn't the one getting the calls on Friday night either. And mm-hmm. and I think some of that's on me for not just picking up the phone, like feeling the the, right. the worry of rejection, like the fear, right? And some of it was just being more introverted as a like my personality. I'm a homebody at the end of the day, um, even though I am extroverted out in public. But I think, um, yeah, it's just. I felt like I wasn't worthy of that mm-hmm. maybe, or I, maybe it was, I'm too serious. Like sometimes I feel like that's my problem. I'm too serious. I just don't you know? think of you as serious. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> I just but think I of you do, as I a ball of like, fun. I, I still feel like that even like there's, you know, a group of people that sometimes you see on Facebook that work together and it's like, well, I'm on the fringe of this group, but I'm never invited to it. And right. it's like, yeah. why do they just, am I out of sight, out of mind? Cause I'm more of a, like, I'm going to invest deeply in one or two people and that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to be. And so they just I'm just the, out of sight out of mind or maybe I'm too serious hey maybe they don't like me I don't know but it's well, that's okay too you know? no no, but no one you. could not like I'm you. with you and like the older I get and for these these friendships where it clicked it it was intoxicating I this quote she's got that I pulled out finding that friend who feels like magic to you and you can't believe they picked you to share secrets with yes and it's like that's it and you're yes. just like you want to like swim in them and like yes. be with them all the time and you're kind of like is this too much if I'm just here all day and we do the whole day that, and, and you yeah. know I've told you this before but that is 3,000% how I felt about you yes. and you know that it was like back at you and it, I won't say it was during our interview like so no. for those of you who don't know Amy was how Amy and I met was she it's was my boss so podcasts. she interviewed me for a job and then you know we yes, worked together because why wouldn't you hire me no I'm just kidding <laughs> um but so um so I, I don't think it was necessarily in the interview, but it was very shortly yes. after we started actually working, working together. together in that really weird basement. <laughs> um, but 
I, I felt that, right? I, I felt like, oh my gosh, she is going to think I'm a total creeper because all I want to do is hang out <laughs> with her. Out and with she's going to be like, who are you? No. Find a friend. No. But do you know what I mean? Because it, it was yes. like, oh, what are you doing, Amy? Let's uh-huh. let's go get ice cream. Let's go do this. And then like, oh, magically so we all very... of a sudden we go to the same chiropractor and then magically we go to the same church, which was not me stalking you. That legitimately was just like a side effect of happened. living in a smaller community. But... <laughs> I felt so self-conscious. I was like, she is going to think that I'm too much. And she's going to no. be like, go away. No, no. Because like, you became my person, right? And I was like, like give me more. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and oh, here I am, like, competing with your spouse. I'm like, geez, what could we just no. have had one year of you single? <laughs> just kidding. Love I God. have wondered, though, like, if our relationship would have been different if we had had yeah. that because I think we would have spent I think an so inordinate amount or a I would have more. forced myself a on lot you more, is right. what it would have been. Right. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> now I had a, I had an escape when I felt too clingy. Like I was like, oh, I should probably go spend some time with my brand new husband. And like, had I not had that, maybe you really would have that creeper. <laughs> no, I think thought about, about that me. too. <laughs> I do. I just do. I do think that. And in our situation, it's, it's been great because we're able to kind of, we have this and our spouses get it and like, but we can also spend time with all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, it's mm-hmm. just kind of a friendship, but, um, and it will change, right? Like our friendships change over time. And I think there's some resentment in the book about that. Like I felt mm. like our friendships change over time and it's like, no, we don't want them to. And let's hold on. And sure. It's like, well, I don't know that that's realistic, you know, especially when you're yeah. not in the same place. Um, I, 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 I can see what you're saying, and I I think I've felt the resentment on my end when really, like, if somebody else moved on, and I don't necessarily mean moved on from me, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. moved on in their place in life, and I felt stuck in mine, like, I want to move on too, yes. but it, I, it wasn't my time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about, and I had been thinking about this while I was reading, is I'm really excited for you and Sean to be married and to have kids. Mm-hmm. And that's not like me putting pressure on you guys. But yeah. but what it is is probably since college, I have not been in the same um, position in life, let alone same town, as my best girlfriend. Yeah. It's always been I'm the single one, they're married and they moved on. Or Vice they person. moved or I moved or, you know, like, and so now we're not together in the same, so now our relationship is mostly texts and phone calls. Um, and then here, you know, I got married and, and you weren't. And so like, there's, there's things that obviously we're still amazing friends, but right. like your life is a little bit different. It is. And I just, I want to experience the same time of life yes. with my bestie. Yes. Right. I want to be able to do that. And so I'm like, just pining for it because I'm like, oh, and then we can take their baby and then let them have a night off and oh, and we can talk about diapers and oh, and we can like just yeah relate on a whole nother yes. level. And that's, that's very selfish of me. No. But like I said, probably since college, I haven't been in the same physical space or like right. life space as my best friend. And so I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> I am too. Well, it's so funny because I've been on the flip side where I haven't been married for so long and most of my friends now are, have been married and have had children. And so... At, like being the single friend, you kind of take a step back and you go, well, I can't intrude on that. Or I can't, I don't know what that's like. So it's sort of this, 
you're happy for the person and you try to mm-hmm. be empathetic, but you don't get it, you know, as much or, um, or you just don't get to spend the same time and you just kind of watch. And so I am excited to experience that and have my girlfriends to kind of almost reconnect with mm-hmm. on the mom stuff and on the, you know, like as you're going through those stages of life. So yeah, it's just, it's funny because it kind of has to be okay. Like, I felt like there was one example of two friends that they were besties for years, and then one of them, like, announced she's moving to Texas and, mm. and like, wanted to be closer to her own mother, and she mm-hmm. wanted to find a husband. And that was, like, her, she wanted to be a wife. And, and her friend was a little resentful. And, like, I think that it was trying to have sympathy for the friend, but I thought, why isn't it okay that this other friend wants a man in her life right like you've got to be okay with that and support that maybe I read it the wrong way but I I don't know it makes me it makes me feel like it's it's the kind of thing where you you're being told you're not enough yeah and that's not true right it isn't that that friend isn't enough it's that there's just something else in addition right that you want right? right and and I don't yeah so I agree with you I think it should be okay to want that and to go pursue it but it's I, I on the on the other friend's side, I'm sure she felt like yeah. you're I'm you're enough for me. Why am I not enough for you? Well, and I think too to your earlier point about there's so much men in this book in yeah. a way. It's like well, they are the other half of the population, but it is kind of I do think that women's relationships and friendships have been seen through the eyes of men, like we talked about earlier, for so long. Mm-hmm. And or it was like you know in ancient you know England, you just sat around with your sisters all day, right? right. Like in Pride and Prejudice, and that's yeah. who your friends were until the man comes, and then you're off with the man, and like, mm-hmm. but you, they knew nothing, and you were all day every day walking and being and sitting and sewing with your with your women looking at the um, ribbons <clears throat> I never understood the all the focus on ribbons and all the Jane Austen books I'm like did everyone just like dress in ribbons all the time there's a lot of ribbons <laughs> in those books ribbons. a lot of ribbons so I do and but I do think it's important that that we not view female friendships through the eyes of a of a male dominated world right or that we elevate them or that we allow like that we say to our husbands, I need this time with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and not apologize for it. I mean, not that I think women do. I think women apologize or they feel guilty leaving, I, 100%, right? I for do. The, leaving for yeah. re- girls' retreats or, you know, even girls' day or yep. what have you. Um, like it's because we are abandoning our traditional role or, you know, um, our obligation to yeah. be the rock in the family. Well, and, and I always feel like, oh, if I go do this with my friend, if I go have fun with my friend or if I go work out or if I go, you know, just yeah. sit in my car for an hour in silence, whatever it is, <laughs> depending on the day. When you need it. You've, I personally feel like now I'm dumping this pile of crap on mm. my husband. And well, I don't want him to feel like, hey, I'm going to go have fun, enjoy marinating in the garbage that is our life, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, is when he goes and does those things, I don't feel like he's abandoning me right. at all. Right. And I mean, does he feel like he is abandoning no, you? Yeah. No. no. And he also doesn't feel like I'm abandoning him. Yeah. He's always like, I don't care. Go. That's like, on. whatever, man. Like, so it's in my it's head. In it's head. 100% me. Right. But that is a large reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Yes. I wanted to have an, a guilt-free excuse to spend time with you. Yes. I really did. And I knew <laughs> that if we didn't have like a project, right, yeah, we would be like, oh, maybe it'll be uh, a couple days. Oh, maybe in a few weeks. Oh, I'm busy. Right. You know, it would get pushed to the back burner. So you're right. welcome for roping you in Thank to you. like mandating Thank time you. with me. <laughs> no, but it's so true because I was thinking about that too. And I thought, you know, this book to me 
and the things in it are is going to come up. I think some of it's we've we've already talked about. I think it's going to thread through a lot of our podcasts in the future and a lot mm-hmm. of what we do because she kind of she kind of speaks truth into just I think women's things, yeah, <laughs> women's she relationships, does. She does. and I think it's important. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, if you don't prioritize it, that's when they fall apart. And mm-hmm. I need to do a better job of trying and figuring out how to prioritize without feeling like I'm a burden on somebody. Yeah. More of that constant texting, more of the, mm-hmm. oh, thought, fl- thought flew into my head. I'm going to call my girlfriend. Like I don't do that enough. You yeah. know, I don't check in enough. Um, I did, I texted this cover to a couple of gals this morning and just said, this really made me think about our relationship and our friendship and I so value you and I hope that I affirm you and you know, you do all these things for me and just kind of like sending a little love into the world and, um, and I, and they sent me back the sweetest messages too and it was like, why don't we do that more? Why aren't well, we like Leslie Nope? Like, oh, you're so beautiful, you specimen of gold. Like, yeah, I, the, the sperm is not worthy of you. That was such a funny line. I, I, I remember that line from the show too. Well, I will say, so my, my friend that I referenced from seventh grade home at class, like we, we were friends in high school, obviously. We were part of a group of four to five, kind of depending on the year and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was just always like – you know, we kind of traveled together, but I never felt like she and I were the close. I felt like she was closer to two other of the women, but it's so interesting because now as adults, we're the only two left standing, right? Yeah. Like we're the, we're the two that connect. Um, and she's got beautiful friends from college. They call, they're all English teachers and they call themselves the English muffins. And I love it so much. And I like want to be one, but I'm not an English teacher. I didn't go to the same college. I don't even know who they are, but anyway, I love it. But she and I text probably, like, on average, I'll say, like, three times a day. Mm-hmm. About nothing. Yeah. I love About that. nothing. Like, I'll see a dumb license plate. Or yes. I'll look, see an ugly shirt at Target. Or oh someone God, will make right? me angry. You know, and you just like, or yay, or, you know, whatever. Yes. And they'll re- she'll return with something funny and anecdotal from her day. <laughs> and it just makes you feel like, you know, neither of us have the bandwidth, I think, to have a three-hour conversation with each other. Yeah. But we're... We're letting each other know that we yes. I love you. I've, you know, like, yes. gotcha. I don't do that with any other mm-hmm. friendship, and I didn't do that with you when, no. when you right. left I didn't, D.C. and Montana. And, no, and, and so we must have talked about this on a different podcast, too, with regrets. And, mm-hmm. and I think I talked about regretting not talking to people, and one of my friends who listened texted me and was like, I hope you don't regret not calling me because she goes, I don't call you either. I don't call. I don't call. That's yeah, my thing. But, but it's like, don't feel you. bad because I'm yeah, not doing either. Really and we're sweet. fine, right? Yeah, like, I'm fine. not constantly calling you and you're, like, not ever returning yes. the favor. This isn't a one-sided relationship. Like, Bingo. We're good. And I think, so we have to remind ourselves, like, yes, we do need to invest. In, and I, I completely agree with that. But if if your season is not allowing you that space in the moment, like, it's okay. Well, that's, what, okay. I, that's what I think is the ultimate takeaway is it's a season yeah friendships are in seasons and I do believe that and I do believe mm-hmm. that we we can have some I think that like you and I will probably walk Tom O at 65 like we, I feel like uh, we yeah. are right we will die together like we will, <laughs> I have talked about trying to find a way to, on to build a commune yes with my friends we're like and that way if you like yes. let's say you're not friends with one of my other friends that's okay you've got your own house in that's the commune that's right in the you, commune like, yeah. yeah it's not like we're all living in the same house Ooh. you can have your own house we're okay. just on like a little you know tract of land I love that (laughs) yes but see that's the thing right and it's like because I'm gonna be in this place for a very long time I assume and hope and pray but you know my other friends are not they are scattered and so those will be different relationships but the season that they were was so powerful and that's Mm -hmm. why right they continue um 
and I think like that's why you get the you get the shows you get the reflected in all these New York City the gal shows and mm-hmm. the you know girlfriends or what no what's um girls, girls. Uh, sorry girls yep. from HBO yep. and you see um oh I mean, they list she talks about them oh and then the movie Mean Girls it's like all these reflections of girls yep. in certain stages and I think it's important that we like I just am so much more comfortable in my womanhood and my female friendships in my 30s and I think it's like I want to tell young girls like that whatever you're going through and the angst and the mean girl stuff in high school like that changes again and like mm-hmm. invest in your college girls or invest in your 20s and whoever you're go live in a house with five girls you don't and you know just whatever it is speaking of living in a house that Webster <laughs> Apartments did oh you know that God. existed no oh my gosh so apparently there is this house or building, or several, it has to be yeah, a building or one. some capacity yeah. in New York called the Webster Building or the yes. Webster Apartments or something like that, and it is basically a sorority house, but like three hundred and seventy-five women. Yes. They all have their own apartment, but it's like a room. It's oh not, yeah, it's like a room. Yeah, because right. then they have the kitchen areas That's and the right. common areas. So yes. it's oh, like a dorm. It's like a dorm. It's like a dorm is maybe a better way to. But I'm like. What? And no boys allowed upstairs. Yeah, there are so that's the sorority. The like that's the that was I what that. that was what made me think of my sorority is like you, you men were only allowed on the in the in the ups <laughs> in the back rooms on yes. weekends and you had to announce them yes. and like all the stuff and I'm like oh my gosh I can't imagine <laughs> living in that as an adult and it would be such a trip. I know, but they talked about how then they organized all these things like outings together. If yeah. People wanted to go to the zoo or the park or the whatever, and then they're you know yeah I think that's really awesome and unique and they all talked very positively about the experience and yeah I just I especially if you're single I think our culture has changed where you're more women are single for a longer period of time after Mm -hmm. school and investing in their careers and you know moving around the country to different places where they did not grow up and then I think that's when like these female bonds are forged so that was one thing she mentioned in there and I can't remember if it was somebody's quote or if it was just you know a, a line of her writing but she said you're seeing people, quote, being committed to being single for a long time. Yes. And that really struck me. And I'm not commenting on whether that's good or bad, but just more like the being I the committed part. I want to be single for this amount of time. And part of me was like, wow, that is such a shift from the I want to go be married. Like yes. you, you felt this um, vision or momentum toward seeking that out. And now there's this vision or momentum towards seeking out the opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting yeah. to me. Yep. I think I was very much on a teeter-totter with that. Mm-hmm. I really liked being single. I liked my life being up to me. And, like, whatever I invested in it is what I got back. And, you know, my house yes. could be whatever it wanted. I could work whenever I wanted. I could work out whenever I wanted. I could go to the movie. You know, like, yes. that whole concept of, like, it's up to me. I enjoyed. But I teetered that with, I really want a partner. Yes. And so the, I, I won't say I was really, I don't think, committed to either one. It, it waffled. But that was just really, when I read that, it was like, whoa, that, that struck me. Yeah, I love it. I, I just think it's so, it's so true. And um, I enjoyed my singleness. You know, I I think I had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew that season I, yes, needed to that close. And that's okay too, right? Like closed. there's nothing wrong no, with that. No. And I do think I I do think as strong as those bonds are, as strong as like and deep as you can go and get when your girlfriend 
sees you at your worst and, mm-hmm. you know, binges the Brie wheel with you and all sits and watches Netflix all day mm-hmm. or just is your person from morning to night after work and in between, like, as much as that can fulfill you and, like, fill you up with good stuff and build you up, um, I do think that it's, like, it can't be, it can't be it. That just, that's just not how we're created um, mm-hmm. in some ways That's too. a good point. I think there is something to be said for that. Yeah. Like if you do believe in God yep. and, and believe the way that humans were created and the purpose that humans were created for, then I think that you're right. Mm-hmm. You, you at some point, whatever, and that point can be different yep. for everybody. Yeah. But that other connection. Yeah. You desire will, to pair yeah. off in some way. You I don't know? want to say complete you, but yeah. that will fulfill a right. part of your life that a different relationship can't. Right. And then I do think beyond that, like your married stage and your friends, if they're married or single, like that brings you something different mm-hmm. than your singleness and your single yes, friends did. Yes, very much you know? so. And I think that's critical. I think that is how you grow old and age gracefully and learn the things from other people that have gone before you. And yeah, and you relate know. to each other too, yes. quite frankly. Because yes. like if, if you can understand my relationship with John and I can understand your relationship with Sean or you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just, a different level just, of understanding. It it's deeper. It's mm-hmm. almost deeper. Yeah. Which is what I said when I was like, I want to experience that with you and be annoying again to it's coming, you. It's I do quickly want to circle mm. back though to one thing that you had said when when you indicated um, not wanting to see women's friendships through the eyes of men, and I completely agree with you. And to go back to my comment about there being so many men in the book, I didn't realize how many of these pivotal TV shows that they reference, like Parks and Rec, like yes. Friends, like. Not girls, because girls was produced by women, but mm-hmm. how many of those were created and produced by men? And written by men. And obviously, there yeah. are probably women writers around the table in addition oh, yeah. to those men, but the leads in those scenarios were men. And and f- in a way, I think that's like, like, yes, you can be disappointed and say, why aren't there more women doing these things? But I also almost felt encouraged too so there's another teeter-totter thing for me um mm-hmm. like so I'll go back Parks and Rec was a show I just truly truly loved me too. I thought I it was just it so great much. in every way shape and form I didn't necessarily see it as a show about female friendship same. the way she talks about it in the book but all the same I appreciated the female friendships in there but um it made me feel like if a man could write this if a man could be on board with these relationships being so pivotal and important and being regardless of men, um, that's hope for the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like that it isn't just women shouting and men ignoring or men dismissing. It's like, we're all seeing that there's this like great thing here that the world has and we need to elevate it and we need to promote it more. And so like I said, it was sort of this question of like, why are why are these really awesome shows about women being written by men? Like that's weird. That's maybe not great. But then on the flip side, there's some there is some benefit. There is, and it's nice to see it reflected accurately in some way, right? It's nice to see yeah. that men can see it and reflect it back out into the world. And think it's great. Yeah. Right? I agree. Champion it. Yep. Because I think we do need like, I think women need men to champion women's issues and women need to champion men's. Like, we all need to work together in some capacity because otherwise it's just going to be a, you know, Packers versus Vikings. <laughs> yes, like, you know, death to yes. the other side. And that doesn't <laughs> provide value. So, 
um, yeah, I just, that really struck me as interesting. And when you had said that yeah. we need to see women's friendships through the that. eyes of women, it's like, we do. Mm-hmm. So then why are these shows <laughs> all produced yes. by men? <laughs> yeah, well, and luckily there's more of a movement, you know, for for reflecting by women for women, yeah. you know, th- that in TV and in movies and if it's, and women of color and, you know, mm-hmm. they'll just, I just, and women of different backgrounds. Like and Shonda Rhimes, Reese Witherspoon, oh, they are taken they over. Are. I love that. And it's all good TV too. Yes. It's not just like, it is. like, it's not just like, uh, you know appeasing like oh throw a woman in there and like call it a day it's like no these are great programs well I think they're so provocative and like inviting because we can connect so deeply with Mm -hmm. that with that women right you watch a show like Superstore or The Office and sure they're funny but it's it's so much of the men and women interacting together all the time and I think when you pull out and just focus on women and women you know Um, even Sex in the City, even, you know, um, Mm -hmm. even Mean Girls, even, uh, I mean, she gave a bunch of examples. There's a couple in Broad City. There's a couple things now, um, out in the world, even waiting to exhale. I don't even know. Kate and Allie from the eighties when I was, I loved that show and it was like, oh, that's so, it was, it was two women who were both divorced and they had kids and they moved in together because they were friends and like, then you've got a partner, right? To like navigate all the things. And I remember watching that as a kid, like. That'd be so awesome. Yes. Like, not to be, you know, not to like. But it's true. And like part- Sweet Magnolias or this yes. new show on Netflix, right? And sometimes you look at them and you go, oh, that's going to be cheesy or whatever. But it's not because it's just like, it's how women are in each other's lives and, and the unique way we speak to each other. And, you know, and um, it's just, yeah, it's just, I just think that that is so rich and going to give our culture so much more, mm-hmm. you know, just to to. to shape it and show our young girls what it's what yeah. it could be so overall what would you give oh, this book i'd give this book an a but yeah yeah <laughs> i'm feeling i, really, did. I, liked I really liked the writing i thought she was a very mm-hmm. good writer it was it was yeah. like i don't want to say gripping it's not like no, war and peace but it was like read. you know it was yeah it made you feel absorbed in the content and so i i appreciated that about it it's a quick read Um, like I said, I was a little surprised at how much men conversations there were. So that was a little weird to me, but, um, yeah, I think I would give it like an A minus B plus. Yeah. I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah, me too. And I just, I like, like you had said earlier, when we were talking about this offline, there's some unexpected turns in there, what you thought that was going to be about, it just kind of pivoted a different way. And, um, and so it wasn't. Uh, I couldn't have written this, right? Like, it wasn't something that, right. yeah, you felt like, oh, I knew what this was going to be, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and I think she's got a lot of a lot of anecdotes and did a lot of research and a lot of homework, which, mm-hmm. so it's not just some, this is, these are my it's thoughts. Like her diary. These are my feels. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I just really appreciated yeah. that. Which feels very different than a lot of those women's self-help books. Like, so Amy and I are in the same book club together here in town, and we read Girl, Wash Your Face. <sighs> And for there, there are valuable things. I liked in, a little bit of it, yeah, but then the, I was like, what? There are this? valuable things in that book. However, it felt very much like that. Like, 
these yeah. are just my just diary my moments. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's great, but that's that's one individual's <laughs> perspective in a very specific yeah situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, there were things I could absolutely connect to, and so deep. I was like, mm-hmm. when I read the intro, it was like my aha moment, my Oprah moment, sure. or, you know. And then there were other things where I'm like, well, that doesn't, that's not me, you know. But yeah. it's like, oh wow, there's some women feel that way, or some women do it that way, and so. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did, too. Way to go, Kayleen Schaefer. So, I guess the takeaway is, hey, text me when you get home. Text me when you get Go text home. your friend. Give him a shout. Send him a card in the mail. Whatever. Invest. Because it's, yeah. it's so worth it, no matter what season you may be in. That's right.